Hi, I'm Katya. And I'm Rin. And we're here at the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Massachusetts. And on the internet everywhere, thanks to the power of the podcast. Woohoo! So, real quick, we are not doctors, we are herbalists and holistic health educators. The ideas discussed in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. No state or federal authority licenses herbalists in the United States, so these discussions are for educational purposes only. Everyone's body is different, so the things we're talking about may or may not apply directly to you, but they will give you some information to think about and research more. We want to remind you that good health is your own personal responsibility. The final decision in considering any course of therapy, whether it's discussed on the internet or prescribed by your physician, is always yours. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we have some shout-outs this week, and I'm so excited about them. And then we're going to talk about herbal gift ideas, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Just in time for you to hear about it, learn about it, make it up, and have it ready. Yeah. Awesome. For your holiday. <laughs> All right. Shout-outs this week. One, two, leaf from Montreal, who had a question about time steams. He was listening to the episode about cold and flu herbs and wondered if he could use the essential oil of thyme in the steam instead of fresh thyme. Uh, yes, you can. I personally like dried thyme best for a steam. Um, and then I like to carry the bottle of essential oil of thyme just to smell. Um, like if I'm out and about and I can't carry my pot of boiling water around sure, with yeah. me yeah. yeah then i just smell it um but i never take that internally um time is not one to time essential oil is not one that you want to do that with at all um he also asked if oregano would work and yes it will oregano sage um bee balm even rosemary all of those all of those close cousin plants there they all have the um, volatile oil action that we're looking for that will really have that antimicrobial effect in the respiratory tract. But again, oregano, what, if you can use it dried. If you want to use the essential oil in the steam, that's also totally awesome. Or you can just smell it right out of the bottle. Hmm. Don't take it internally though, because you will kill off all of your probiotic gut flora. So that's, that's not a good, that's not a good thing. Yeah, we're not into it. All right. And besides that, when you're smelling it, you're getting it right where you need it anyway. If you try to take it internally, then the idea is that it has to go all the way through your body into your lungs to do any good. But if you just smell it, then the medicine is right where you need it, right in your respiratory tract already. Yeah. Breathe it right there. Yeah. All right. All right. We also have a shout out to Eclectic Outpost on Instagram, who loved the Emotions at the Holidays episode, and Stunners Young, who says he digs the podcast. Which, I get it. <laughs> yeah. We all dig herbs. Yes. yes, yes. Serena Parker on Facebook um, wrote to say that she thinks we're a cute couple. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> she right. was replying to some of the outtake um, posts, some of the outtake videos oh, yeah. that I was posting from our online program. Yeah. And that was pretty fun. Um, Allie, who is enjoying the phytochem, the basic phytochemistry course, and moving on to the formulation course, we want to give a shout out to her, and we also want to thank Allie, thank you, thank you, because you went out and found our Support Our Podcast monthly donation button before we even announced it, which means that you are our very first monthly supporter, so we're going to send you a special gift. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
a bunch of our a bunch of our listeners actually had been asking for something like that. So Rin went in and put a button at the bottom of all of the pages of our website. So if you're interested in helping to support the podcast and the community work that we're doing, then you can just go and click one of the donation amounts and we thank you. Yeah, and we'll also thank you with some stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, we have a little secret stash for supporters um, at commonwealthherbs.com slash supporters, where you can also uh, sign up to become one. And um, so far today, we have some recipes that we're actually going to refer to a bit later in this podcast, but we'll be adding new things there as the days go by. It'll be like just surprises that show up. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right, one more shout out to Kathleen, who just signed up for Herbalism 101 and says she loves it. And also, speaking of the web webpage or the website, um, if you've been looking at our online programs and thinking, gee, Katya, the online catalog isn't very easy to browse. I wish you would make it better. Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yesterday, I redesigned the course catalog page. Um, so you can check that out at commonwealthherbs.com slash learn. And hopefully that makes it easier to find all the different individual courses and also the full programs that we offer. So mm. feel free to give me feedback on that. And also, don't forget that we have a podcast listener discount code, which is we love you. It's all one word. From now until December 21st. So that's two more weeks. Yeah. A little less. That gets you 25% off anything. So stock up, I guess. 25%? Save. I know. That's it's almost a lot. That's almost 26%. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, we're working really hard to raise the money that will fund our outreach programs for the first half of the year, but we also know that everyone's financial situation is different, so we want to make our classes available to everyone who's interested, and one way we can do that is by offering discounts like this. We also have group discounts, um, discounts for people who are living on disability payments, and we're willing to entertain ideas too, so if you have an idea of how to make our programs more accessible then let us know. And if you're a person with a desire and ability to sponsor a scholarship for someone who needs it, you can do that too. We're, we want to be really flexible because we want to make things really as accessible as possible. Okay, but now let's talk about some herbal gift ideas because tis the season. Yeah, let's get to it. Let's get into that. So, um, you know, having something that you, that you made yourself, that you you know, you put your hands on, you put your, your effort into, um, and during that whole process, you're thinking about the people you're going to give it to. It's like it's infused with the intention. It's like how when grandma makes cookies or someone who loves you makes cookies, they're always better than you can get at the store, even like better than the ones at the bakery at the store, you know, hmm. because they've got love in them. Yeah. Uh, not like the store baker doesn't put love in them too, but you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Personalized love. There we go. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, so making making gifts yourself is pretty great, and uh, this is a great place for herbs to come into the into into your life. Mm -hmm. um, there's and and it's just totally bulldoze you. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a great way to share your love of herbs with your friends and family who might not really be into herbs at all. And they might even think that you're a little weird for how much you love plants. But there are some really easy crossover things that 
anyone would enjoy that could help them say, you know, like they're not necessarily instantly going to start growing their own garden, but they could say, oh, I get it. This is actually pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, okay. So um, there's a billion different things that you could (laughs) create uh, (laughs) with herbs. Probably more than that if we factor in all of the... Okay, you applied these many different herbs in this order and yeah. all of that kind of thing. Yeah, more than a billion. Okay, too many. So we chose a few. Yes. To narrow it down a bit for you. And we chose ones that are relatively simple to make. Um, and we tried to select ingredients that would be pretty easy to get your hands on. So we'll see how we did. You can, <laughs> you can give it a shot and let us know. Yeah. Uh, so we thought we'd begin with some simple herb-infused wines. This is a great way to take wine and make it a little bit fancificated, mm-hmm. um, a little more specific um, to uh, imbue it with some of the herbal activities and virtues that we that we enjoy and that we that we delight in. Um, and you know, lots of people are pretty excited when you bring them a nice bottle. Yeah, of Yeah, a lot of people just feel super happy just to have a bottle of wine, but then a bottle of wine that you have herbed up. Yeah. It's even even fancier, yeah. And to be practical and economical here as well, um, this is also a way to take wine that's not too expensive mm-hmm. and make it, wow, that's yeah. really something interesting. Yeah, like kind of a boring bottle of wine, mm-hmm. maybe, that's like, well, whatever, it's a bottle of wine. Yeah. And then you can kind of spice it up, actually, literally. Quite literally. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and that, actually, the first recipe that we have here is spicy. It is one of our favorite things to do with a, a heavy red wine like a Merlot or a um, Malbec is to Carmenere. add, yeah, is to add cacao and cayenne, mm-hmm. and it's so delicious. Yeah. So you know um, the way the way you'll do these infusions. Uh, there's a couple ways. One, you can do it like right in the bottle itself. So with this particular recipe, that works out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you would do is open the bottle of wine and then maybe drain off like a couple of ounces, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not too much. Yeah. Um, have a sip of that. And then, uh, if it helps if you have a, a little funnel or something to get everything into the, the bottle. But, um, anyway, so we would put like mm, two tablespoons of dried cacao nibs mm-hmm. in there and then one single lovely dried cayenne pepper. Only one. That's all you need. We put more than one once. It was fiery. It was very, very, very... I mean, if you have somebody who loves the hottest Tabasco, maybe you put more than one, but... More than half. Yeah. One <laughs> is really enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take it from us. <laughs> so now they're all in there. They're in the bottle. And you can just go ahead and kind of smush the cork back into there mm-hmm. uh, and give it a gentle, controlled shake. And then... <laughs> a swirl. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then just give it a, a little while. You don't need a ton of time for this, but at least, you know, at least several hours if it's like, oh, I need something for tonight. Okay, yeah. start as soon as you can. Um, otherwise, give it overnight, give it a few days, give it up to a week. Beyond that, you're not necessarily going to be drawing a lot more noticeable flavor out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there you go. And then uh, you can pour it right out of there. You might want a little basket strainer 
between the bottle and the glass. With the cacao and cayenne, it's not too bad because yeah. the cacao nibs are real easy. If you accidentally get one in the glass, it's real easy to just pick that right out. Yeah, and they don't like dissolve or, yeah. you know, if you have like chamomile flowers in something, then little bits of the flower will break off. Yeah. You know, so, but with this, it's pretty contained. So it's, yeah. it's pretty handy. The yeah. other way to make... And I mean, honestly... Sorry to no, jump, no. but like you could just let the cacao nibs get poured out and then drink your wine and then Most scoop done. up the cacao nibs and chew on them. Yeah. That'd be fine. That'd be actually quite tasty. Yeah. Um, the other way to do this is to pour your bottle of wine into a mason jar and then marvel at the fact that it fits because you'll be looking at the bottle of wine. You'll be like, it's never going to fit in that mason jar. And it does. Yeah. This is, this is a 750 milliliter Yep. bottle of wine that yeah. you've begun with. Yeah, not like one of those big double bottles. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a regular one, a regular bottle. Uh, so when you do that, you will pour it into that mason jar, and then you will still have enough room to put the herbs in, to did, put the cacao and the cayenne. Did we say it's a quart-sized mason jar? I hope so. We should say that. Yes, a yeah. quart-sized. You can't just pick any old mason jar. Yeah, like that would be Like the some... little jam jar. No, right. it's not going to fit in no, that No, that would be some kind of magic. Yeah. <laughs> No, of course. If you hang out with Mary Poppins a lot, I guess you could probably pull that off. But or like have one of those bags, like Hermione Hermione, has, yeah, Yeah, and everything fit. No, a mason jar like that. Right. Um, That would be every herbalist's. That'd be pretty great. That'd be great. Yeah. No, a regular, a quart size mason jar. Yeah. So you put the herbs in, you put the wine in, you put the lid on, you let it sit for a day or a week or whatever you've got in between. And um, if you do it that way, then it facilitates straining it because you can strain it back into the bottle mm-hmm. and then put the cork on in. Or or you can just take it in a mason jar. Mason jars are fun. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Put a fancy ribbon on it. Yeah, you can see the herbs in there. I don't know. There's options, right? Okay. Um, let's give a couple more example recipes here. Oh, you know, one, one other like slight modification we sometimes make to that first one um, and also why why we... Why we like it. Um, two things. Okay, so one, we could add a little bit of Damiana to there as well. Uh, because when you put cacao and cayenne and wine together, then you pretty much end up with a spicy chocolate aphrodisiacal swoonish sort of <laughs> delight. And uh, Damiana fits right into that whole pattern. It really does. Yeah. It really does. If you're not a spicy kind of person, just the Damiana in red wine I find really delicious, mm-hmm. and um, you also still get that that um, you know that mild. We could cuddle now, aphrodisiac effect. Yeah, well, all three of these herbs are circulatory stimulants, mm-hmm. um, and Damiana in particular um, helps to move the blood up to the surface and to the periphery in the body, and cayenne too. Really, it has that upward and outward direction to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it can kind of enliven the skin a little bit. Kind of so. gets the blood moving. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. So, yeah, that's right. That's that one. Um, we sometimes make a different, uh, well, lots of different, but here's another recipe we like in red wines. And this one, uh, we would begin with c- uh, cinnamon and a bit of ginger and some angelica and then a touch of calamus. And so the overall flavor that we're going to get out of this is going to be like earthy and warming and 
it's all of these like root fire herbs you know like there's mm. there's that mm, it's that pungent pungent yeah. uh, quality and, and taste and with that warming action this is not just gonna be so uh, you know it has the same kind of warming qualities as a mulled wine would with that you know, the ginger and the cinnamon kind of overlay, but with the angelica and the calamus, it's a little more in the um, in the sort of savory direction, as in pairs well with garlic, as opposed to when you're thinking about mulled wine, where that pairs well with dessert. Um, this is a, um, a little bit of a heavier flavor. And really, these are such supportive digestive plants that this would be a wine that's perfect to serve if you were going to have steak or like a roast or or lamb or some like heavy meal. Um, this is really, really um, just going to help to get all that digestion moving. And it is flavors that can really stand up to the heavier flavors of steak and roasts and stuff like that. Definitely, yeah. This is one that I would not let steep for too long. I would really only do this for a day or two. Now, if if you already know that you love calamus and you already know that you love something that has a warm and very slightly bitter... Um, note to it then go crazy but if if this is a new direction for you I would say just steep it for one or two days and see how you like that yeah and you might choose to have um, you know one part ginger one part cinnamon and then half parts for the angelica and calamus Mm -hmm. to draw that bitter down even further you could try that and total here I would say two to three tablespoons of the roots you really don't need a, a, a lot um, because all of these roots are, are really strong flavors. Um, so you don't need to like, this isn't like making a tincture where you fill up the jar and then you put in the wine. You're just going to put in a couple of tablespoons. Yeah. Yeah. Roots and barks. You're all set. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so how about a recipe for white wine? You know, we don't, we don't really drink white wine. Yeah, that's much. my fault because that's I don't like it and you do <laughs> like it. And I, I like it occasionally. You know, I just every now and then you have you have a really nice white white wine and you're like, yeah, this is pretty good. But most of the time, red. Yeah, that's where it's at. Yeah, that's where it's at for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You're right. Once in a while, a glass of white wine is acceptable. Yeah, but sometimes we'll we'll buy uh, some white wine with the intention of turning it red. Yes. Which is very fun. What does that mean exactly? Well, what you do is you take uh, you take any kind of white wine, and with this with this particular recipe, you've got a pretty decent range. It could be a sweet white, it could be a really dry one. Mm, you can go either way. Usually, you get a riesling when you do this. Often, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we've tried it. We've tried it. We've done it with kinds. a Pinot Grigio. Yeah. But I feel like whenever you do this, you kind of reach for that. That Riesling. Yeah, a little bit of sweetness. Because then that's going to help uh, with what we end up with. But, okay, so what we're doing is we're taking that and then we're adding into it hawthorn berries, um, goji berries, rose hips, hibiscus, and a little bit of elderberry. And what you end up with is basically like a liquid starburst uh, antioxidant zing yeah. situation. <laughs> it's super zingy. Yeah. Um, 
but I'll, it's and so like I would plan this as a dessert wine. Yeah. Um, but it is really fun. It is when like very quickly it starts turning pink and then it starts turning red and then it becomes indistinguishable from a merlot. It is in so color. deep yeah. in color yeah. that you cannot tell just by looking at it that it's not a merlot. It's so dark red. Yeah. Um but the flavor is bright and and like uh, like explosive it's like it bursts in your mouth you know yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah it's, it really is i don't know it was like the first time we made it i think you took a sip and we're like wow it's like a starburst and that stuck and that's yeah, what, that's what we really think of all the like time that. now <laughs> so you know i we should probably say like neither of us has actually had a starburst candy in probably 15 years or something so oh i think longer than that for, for a me. while so <laughs> yeah. maybe that's not i don't know maybe our it's our, like what i remember starburst that's what there we go. Being yeah, yeah. like, yeah. But no, it, do, it does. It has, it's just like this burst of bright, cool. Yeah, there's some sourness. I mean, you know, the the hawthorn, the rose hips, the hibiscus, those all have sour aspects to them. The goji contributes a little bit of sweetness, um, you know, but um, that's, that's why I think starting with a sweeter wine is a little easier on this one. Mm. If you start with something dry, then you get, you get the dryness, the tannin feeling and you get the sour and you know some people are going to be into that but not not maybe as many as those where you have both the sweet and the sour coming together yeah yeah cool well anyway what oh you know there's one other white wine that i want to just toss into the mix here and that was one that we mentioned in the emotions episode Hmm. which is white wine with lemon balm infused in just plain nothing else and that is it tastes really nice. Um, it does change the color of the wine, and it makes it sort of like a pale tea color. Mm. But um, it's not an unpleasant looking. It doesn't look bad in the glass or anything like that. It just it does change the color somewhat. But um, it is just really lovely to have on hand if you think that maybe the dinner time conversation might be a little heated, because it can really cool things down nicely. And so. Um, that can be an appreciated gift as well. Yeah, lemon balm wine, pretty mm-hmm. great. Well, hey, you wanted to also talk about cocktail bitters, which I feel really excited about. Yeah, so this is a different kind of herbal um, herbal gift or herbal preparation here, um, and so the process is going to be a bit different. Um, but so, what's a cocktail bitters? Uh, that basically means this is a, a flavoring agent that you're going to add to a drink. And it could be a it could be a cocktail. It could be a mocktail. Um, sometimes I'll make these up and then just use them as a digestive bitter, um, mm. which is to say, like take a dropper full a little while before you're going to eat and get your digestion all ramped up and ready to go, so that you can absorb as much nutrition from your meal as is bodily possible. Um, you know, sometimes you even just put them in a plain glass of water. I do that. And that's actually pretty darn tasty. Yeah, yeah. Especially one like this, where you've got yeah. coffee and pecans and cacao and some other great stuff going on. Yeah, nice flavors. Yeah. So, you know, they're versatile um, and pretty pretty great to have around. Um, so this particular um, recipe I'm going to give you is for coffee pecan bitters. And my personal favorite thing to do with this is to add it to a dark and stormy, which mm. if that's not your drink, that's a, a cocktail with ginger beer and black rum and lime and uh, 
when I make it, some coffee pecan coffee. bitters or yeah. some... Um, Rebecca once made these burnt cacao bitters that were really good in yeah. there. Yeah. So... Um, all right. Well, how to make cocktail bitters. What you're, gonna, what you're basically going to be doing is making a tincture and then taking the mark from the tincture, the plant matter that you used, and uh, making a decoction out of that and then combining them and then adding a bit of sweetener. So... That went really fast, right? Let me break that down for you. <laughs> Start uh, with the dry ingredients. So in this case, that's going to be a half a cup of lightly toasted pecans. <laughs> lightly toasted. Lightly toasted pecans, or pecans if you say it the way I used to when I grew up. And I try not to anymore because you always pick on me about it when I say pecans. That's because it's wrong. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, it's wrong. Please, it's pecans. Please uh, feel free to vote about this uh, in comments and emails to us. Everybody. But if you vote for the one that isn't pecan, you'll be wrong. Pecans. Yeah, that one, so that one is ha- wrong. So ha- don't vote for that one because you don't want to be wrong. Half a cup of lightly toasted pecans. And then another half a cup of coffee beans that you have smashed a little bit, um, which you could do by like putting them in a little bag and then hitting them with a hammer a few times. I think that's the best Relatively way. gently, yeah. Or you know, if you've got a mortar and pestle around... This is a, a pretty good way to stain it brown forever. <laughs> so, yes. so you can do that if you want. Um, okay, half a cup each. You, know, you should know, though, if you do put coffee beans in your mortar and pestle, your mortar and pestle is going to taste like coffee beans for quite some time. There is that as well. Yeah. So, hey. I'm, so I'm for the hammer approach. There we go, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so for those of you trying to write this down, <laughs> that was half a cup of toasted pecans, half a cup of cracked coffee beans, um, one teaspoon of cacao nibs, a half a teaspoon of wild cherry bark, a quarter teaspoon of dried orange peel, or a bit more if you feel like it, and a quarter teaspoon of whole black peppercorns. So those are all your dry ingredients. You're going to put them into a quart-sized mason jar. You're going to pour over that two cups of, I like to use black rum for this, um, or dark rum or spiced rum, um, something in that direction. You could just use uh, vodka if you want, but it, the rum here, especially the, the black rum or the dark rum, it's really going to add that kind of caramelish, uh, you know, brown sugar kind of taste to it. And it's, it's very good with the other ingredients here. So that's what I prefer. Um, okay, so now you've got all of the uh, two cups of rum and all of those um, dry ingredients in your quart jar, close the lid, give it a shake. And um, come back to it and give it a shake every day for two to three weeks. All right. Now, you're going to take that. You're going to pour it through a strainer and keep the liquid because you need that. You need that. (laughs) That's your tincture portion at this point. You're going to take, though, and uh, in this case, you're going to keep the the mark or the the solid plant matter that's left over. You're going to take that and put that into a little saucepan. You're going to go ahead and add about a cup of water to it, uh, bring it all up to a boil, and then turn the heat down to a simmer and let it simmer for about 10 minutes. So this is pretty much like a a short decoction. Yeah. And you're just like getting the last of the flavor out of everything. Yeah. So now you're going to take that and you're going to let it cool a bit and then strain that out and take that tea, that, that liquid, and combine that with your infused alcohol. And you should have plenty of room in a quart-sized jar to do this because you're basically going to end up with three cups of liquid. So you're all set. 
Um, to that, you're going to add your sweetener, and in this case I like to use two tablespoons of blackstrap molasses. Again, because it kind of fits in with the theme here, you know, you've got the, the rum brown sugar situation mm. going on, so you add the molasses into there. You could use honey if you want. But again, for this one, I really like molasses. You know, I would, if not molasses, I think I would go with super dark brown sugar. Yeah. Yeah, you could make or a brown, a brown even sugar syrup. maple if, if I didn't have molasses. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, if you have some good... But good... I think I would go with those over honey because they're in, still in that same flavor profile. Yeah, totally. Cool. All right, so you've um, added your couple tablespoons of molasses or other sweetener to the other liquids. Stir it all around, give it another good shake, and if you want to, you can filter this one more time. If you want it to be, you know, very, very um, pristine. Super clear. Yeah, you could filter it. You could even filter it through a coffee filter if you want to, um, or like a super fine mesh um, strainer or something. You could do that. Uh, and then go ahead and get it into some bottles and get some labels on there and mm -hmm. tie a bow around it and you're done. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. So that's coffee pecan bitters. Okay, I have to interrupt you now. Let's do it. Because spontaneously, as we were just talking, I have decided that we need to figure out maple pecan bitters. Oh, yeah. It definitely. would not have the coffee. No. Um, but it might have the other parts, and it would have maple and not molasses. Definitely. And I think, it, I think the rum might be okay, or... I don't know. Maybe I might go with vodka in this case to get the maple flavor to come out. And you know, oh, oh my goodness. In Vermont, there's a company. Is it Caledonia? Somebody makes maple distilled vodka. Like, they made the vodka it, from it, maple. I haven't had that. Does it, like, retain any of the maple flavor? I mean, if you're distilling and making vodka, that'd be I pretty... I don't know. ...neutral at the end, but... I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to. Yes. Try okay. And see. So right. here we are, brainstorming, <laughs> brainstorming right here in our living room. Um, yeah, but I really want to now try and work out a recipe for maple pecan bitters. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it would be good. There's one other idea I have in this cocktail arena. Yeah. Um, I would really like to. I had this idea last night um, that instead of bitters. Um, this one would be just outright sweet. And um, it would be pine, white pine tincture blended with white pine infused honey to make a pine elixir. And then you would just add that, like a couple squirts of that, to a gin and tonic. Nice. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about it. Sounds pretty good. I really want to make some. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, so, you know, that was a, that, that basic process is the same way that you're going to make a lot of different kinds of cocktail bitters. And, um, and as I mentioned earlier, if you would like to become a supporter of our podcast and our community efforts, then I have some recipes to share with you. Um, so you can just go to any page on our website, go down to the bottom um, and click one of the options for becoming a monthly supporter, and then you'll get access to uh, five uh, new cocktail bitters recipes, uh, orange bitters, uh, warming roots bitters that I really love that has, again, some of that calamus, angelica, ginger stuff going on, mm -hmm. like that wine recipe we talked about. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a root beer bitters oh, that one's version in there. Yeah, that, one, that one's really great. The key to it, though, is to get the wintergreen. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
And then uh, I've got a pear bitters that's really, really good. Okay, actually, the pear bitters are also my favorite. Yeah. The root beer bitters and the pear bitters. That one came out really good. A little bit of spice in there. The vanilla bean, I think, was a big deal with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I also have a, a draft of a recipe for you um, about uh, making a Jägermeister flavored bitters. And there's a little story behind that, which was basically that um, somebody from a marketing company representing Jägermeister emailed me once and said, hey, would you like to teach a class to some bartenders in Boston about the herbs that go into making this liqueur? And I thought, that's great. Um, (laughs) So I got to learn a little bit about what's in there. They did not give me the whole secret recipe. So... But someday. some of it, they gave some of it. But a little bit of it, yeah. And I tried to figure out some of the other things I thought I was tasting uh, in there. And then I made a, a cocktail bitters um, uh, Jägermeister inspired recipe. So you can check that out too. Yeah. Uh, it's not just for Jäger bombs anymore. <laughs> no, Jägermeister actually, I mean, it's medicinal. That was its initial purpose. Yeah. It used to be considered quite refined to have a bit uh, before or after your meals. So Yeah. Like an aperitif. Yeah. Exactly. Well, anyway, so um, yeah, if you uh, go ahead and become a subscriber, then uh, we'll get all those recipes to you. Um, And or you can get into our medicine making course because it's included in there and we go through the whole process and there's a video about how to make these with some close up shots and all of that. If you uh, if you like to see what it is we're talking about with this. Um, And of course, there's like two dozen other medicine making techniques in that course as well. So, you know. Uh, one that I don't think we did include because I'm saving it for the skincare course that mm-hmm. I'm going to start filming in January with um, Marisol from Esperanza Herbals, which I'm really excited about, um, is a sugar scrub. That's true, you know? We yeah, that I d- I spe- we specifically didn't put them in because I knew I wanted to save it for this other course. Mm-hmm. But sugar scrubs are super, super easy, and they're fruity, and people love them, and um, no one will be sad if you give them a sugar scrub. No way. These are great. Yeah. So let me, um, let me explain some here. Uh, I've, uh, we have a seasonal recipe here, so it's like, you know, a holiday sugar scrub. Um, and we're going to work with white pine, spruce, and fir. But you could really work with anything. Roses, chamomile, like lavender, the whole, anything is fair game. But this will be seasonal. Um, and it's a sugar scrub, but you could use salt instead. I really like sugar, um, especially if this is going to be for the face. I think it's a little bit more on the moistening side. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're a person with really oily skin, you might like salt instead. So any place where I say sugar... You might prefer salt if... Yeah, I've got dry skin most of the time, but I, I used to like when we had salt scrubs around. It's kind of been a while since we made one. Yeah. Sort of thinking about, like, oh, let's talk it's about these on the podcast and we'll get inspired to do it. It's the time of year to make yeah. them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I like those really gritty salt scrubs that mm-hmm. kind of, like, scrape a few dozen layers of skin right <laughs> off of you and yeah. come out fresh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's going to be super easy. You're just going to take a great big old bowl and mix in salt or sugar, like a cup of salt or sugar, and you can uh, use for your other aspect here, for your herbal aspect, you can use essential oils if you want your scrub to be just very sort of fine with just the salt and the oils. 
Um, or if you like it to be a little on the chunky, gritty side, then you can grind up your herbs in a coffee grinder, wash it really good first, unless you're making coffee sugar scrub, which is actually quite tasty, Um, then wash it really good first so that it doesn't smell like coffee instead of pine or whatever you want it to smell like. Um, So you can put those herbs right in, uh, just grind them up, or, uh, and especially if it's like, Roses and chamomile and lavender. Put them right in there. Grind them up a little bit. Yeah, lavender flowers. Mm-hmm. Just don't even bother. Mix them right in. Yeah, it's so nice. Um, anyway, so whichever way, whether you want to grind up some herbs and mix them in, or you just want to use essential oils because you want it to have a very fine texture when you're finished. Uh, and then you will put some oil in. I never measure the oil. I start with the amount of salt or sugar that I want to end up with, and then I stir in some oil a tablespoon at a time until it's the consistency that I like best. Hmm. Um, And that way, it's just perfect every time. Um, Plus, I hate to measure. So that's what (laughs) works for me. Um, And once you have stirred it up, you're finished. That's literally all there is to it. Like if yeah. you are in a hurry and you need something really fast, you probably have all of these things in your house right now. Can I read some minds for you? Yes. Um, many people are out there wondering, wait, how much essential oil should I use? Oh, yes. Um, well, if you're Katya, then you put in the amount of essential oil until it smells good. But... Uh, if you are the rest of the world, perhaps you would like to count the number of drops and measure. I just, I'm so allergic to measuring things. I just hate it. We can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I, unless I'm sewing, then I, well, okay, then I'll measure. But um, yeah, it doesn't take a lot of essential oil. Just like a, if you're doing a cup of salt or sugar, you're not going to need more than 10 drops total of essential oil. Cool. Yes. Nice. Any other questions that are happening out there that I didn't... Uh... Uh, no, but I do want to um, mention something that I see in your notes over there that says that you could also put vanilla extract into there. Yeah. And that so sort of makes good. me think, you know, you could work with other herbal tinctures if you had some that had a very strong scent to them. Yeah, you definitely could. The thing is that if you're going to put a tincture in there and you're going to work with salt... That might not feel awesome. Especially <laughs> big salt crystals like scraping your skin yeah, and you're a little like, bit of alcohol residue in there too. Right. Okay. That, yeah, that might not be awesome. But sugar and vanilla extract goes great. Absolutely great. Um, and if you don't want to use alcohol at all, uh, Mountain Rose has ground vanilla bean powder. Oh. And you could put that right in. And it's just ridiculously intoxicating. It's just... You can't even imagine it. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, and you don't need a lot. Like, get the smallest pouch that they sell. You don't have to get, like, you can't get a pound of it, actually. It would be, like, a million dollars. But yeah. just get the tiniest amount because it, it will last a really long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so these are, these are a bit messy. Yeah, I mean, your shower is going to be slippery. If you've, if you've ever used a salt or sugar scrub before, you know, I mean, there's some oil in there. So yeah. it is... It's not the, not the best thing to do, like, just standing at the sink, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can. Yeah. Girls can't. You can do that. We, yeah. Seems dangerous to me. 
No, mm, we learned how you you put the big thing with the to put all your hair back, like the stretchy hair band. Yeah. To put your hair back. I in. used to have hair. I know about putting your hair back. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, it's easiest in the shower. It is easiest in the shower. The only thing is that your sh- the bottom of the shower will get a little slippery because of the oil. But that's okay because you're a grown-up and you're not going to fall. You just have to be careful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing to be careful is if you put this in a glass jar, your hands will be a little slippery. And that's not the end of the world. We definitely have put it in glass jars before. But then really don't drop it because... It would be terrible to have glass in your shower. Yeah. Uh, so maybe this is one of those times that even if you don't love plastic, this might be a good time to work with plastic. There's no heat involved in this. Right. You know, so, yeah. Eh, should be fine. Yeah. But yeah, sugar scrub. Easy, simple, mix it up quick, you know, put yeah. a bowl on it, you're done. <laughs> yeah, it really is something if you're like, oh no, an extra person is coming and I didn't have a plan for that. And I, I need to have a gift for them. Like, you certainly have these things in your house right now. You, you do. No problem. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, uh, we hope those ideas have got your wheels turning a bit. Uh, but if you need some more ideas, then, you know, go ahead. Check out the medicine making course. There's a link to it in the show notes. You know, also watch on social media this week because I'm going to put some good ideas in there also. Um, and some fun recipes. So check that out too. Yeah. We are Commonwealth Herbs on Instagram and Facebook. Um, also Twitter, but... Yeah. Eh. There we are. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Uh, so that's it for us. We'll be back next time to talk about some more Herbs in the Holidays ideas for you. And uh, we hope you have great sunny days in the meantime. Bye-bye.